the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Nine minutes after 10 o'clock, and we continue. Hour number two is underway on this Tuesday, the 19th morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Thanks to former Senator Jim DeMint. Great conversation. Make sure you get his book, Satan's Dare. Uh, moving forward now, I want to talk about law and order. And I want to talk about what happens to a city when its police department disappears. You know, there was a big movement last year, as you know, in the quote-unquote summer of racial reckoning. Um, after the death of St. George the Floyd, uh, as he is viewed by so many on the, uh, in the anti-police left. Uh, it was time to defund the police. Defund the police. The police are the enemy. The police are causing all of the problems. Defund and abolish the police the left called for. And while they're not actually doing it in most cities, they're allowing it to happen by attrition. In Cleveland, for example, they are down about around 150 officers from what they're budgeted to be. That means they don't have to, you know, raise taxes to hire more cops. This is already in the budget. And they're about 130 to 150 officers short. What's going to happen when a new civilian oversight board is appointed to second guess every single move an officer makes? And the answer is even more attrition retirements, resignations, transfers to other cities, and it's going to leave the people of Cleveland to fend for themselves. How do we know this? Well, we're watching it happen in Chicago. In Chicago, for a different reason, this one being the vaccine mandate put in place by Mayor Lori Lightfoot, Chicago Fraternal Order of Police President John Canazara said this week uh, that there are going to be far fewer, fewer officers on the streets because of uh, this mayor's order. And Chicago is already a shooting gallery every weekend. Dozens of shootings every single weekend in Chicago, and that's with a full police force. Let them force this mandate and watch Chicago officers walk. Then what's going to happen? 
So let's bring that home, and let's talk with uh, a representative of the Cleveland Police now by way of the Cleveland Police Patrolmen's Association. He is the president of that police union, Jeff Fulmer, joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Jeff, good morning. It's good to talk to you. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Jeff. Um, I'm trying to understand um, what is the, the goal of, of Issue 24 here is, other than to uh, essentially scare police officers away from the city of Cleveland, uh, to make them run and go, if they're going to practice law enforcement, do it somewhere else where they can actually do their jobs safely and effectively without being second-guessed by a bunch of civilian activists. Isn't that essentially what Issue 24 would do, Jeff? It is, and you hit some uh, good key points. Um, this amendment is about vengeance, not justice. Uh, this is set up by people that live outside the uh, city, maybe a couple of people that live in the city, an attorney that lives outside the city, and it's funded mostly from Washington, D.C. Um, it's an attack on us, but it also is going to affect anybody that falls under public safety and a bunch of other unions. So you're also attacking civilians in this, too. And you hit it right on. We are 150 short right now. We have 300 people eligible to retire. Policemen are concerned. They're concerned and are calling and say, hey, I have my 25 years. We might be going. So not only will you lose those 300, and my prediction is by the first quarter of next year, we could be down three, 400 police officers. But the suburbs are also coming and getting our officers because they're trained greatly. They are under the Department of Justice, uh, Justice Department, so they're very well disciplined. And they're grabbing our officers, too. So we're, we're going to lose young and old. And we, if this passes, uh, you said it best, uh, the city of Cleveland could be defending themselves. Jeff, uh, we're talking with uh, uh, CPPA, CPPA President Jeff Fulmer. Um, Homicides are already again uh, at a at a new record rate. Last year there were the mo- there were more homicides in the city of Cleveland than at any point in history, particularly per capita. Uh, that was more than the new record the year before. Now this year it's only October, but we are already pacing to have a new record again. Homicides and violent crime in Cleveland continue to rise. Can you describe? The city of Cleveland, if you go down three or four hundred officers because of this uh, this issue passing potentially, well, you know, one of the big things that everybody talked about in this reform and stuff like that is community policing. I guarantee you, there will not be room for community policing and putting officers towards the big. Another big thing about talking is about the mental health issues out there and officers addressing uh, people on the streets that have mental health. You will not have enough people. You won't have any more people in homicide. Uh, sex crimes you won't have investigators because everybody's going to have to be on patrol and pretty much if we're down that much we'll be taking reports passing the paperwork on and you got to hope it gets investigated at some point in time because like i said when going back to uh, jane campbell when she uh, laid off and was 200 plus officers this could be almost a double of that amount and we felt the fact then when all those officers were lost on the streets since then it was built up Take it back down. Uh, you know, the service is going to be hard to get to everybody, and we'll just be going from violent crime to violent crime and all the lower uh, crimes. You know, good luck getting them investigated. 
Yeah, well, you know, much less patrolled and stopped in progress. That's the other thing, right? I mean, when you when you have a lack of, first of all, the lack of the numbers, as we're talking about, you can't have people on patrol and driving by neighborhoods or driving by downtown seeing a mugging, a holdup, or some violent crime and, and stop it in progress because you just don't have enough manpower to patrol. But moreover, um, you know, you'd be afraid to do it anyway. If, if, you, if you get out of your car and go to try to stop a violent crime in progress, one that was not uh, in response to a radio call, Jeff, um, you're subject to this civilian review that's going to say, well, why did you go there? Why did you target? Were you, were you profiling? Were you targeting somebody in a particular neighborhood for a particular reason? And all of these allegations are going to be discussed and decided by this civilian review board. And again, it's not a, just a, like a jury of your peers. It's a bunch of civilian activists who have it in for cops. Exactly. You'll see a good arrest or a great arrest turn into just exactly what you said, you know, some kind of profiling, some kind of, uh, you know, what did, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Well, now you're coming in front of the civilian review board, and now we can fire you. I mean, this review board, and I don't understand where Bib is coming from on this, where he's giving more power than what he will have. And you also got to look at this administration, even when the mayor, the safety director, the chief, myself, the FOP, and about 10 or 11 other unions are all on the same page sending out the message saying no on charter. The civilians have to think we're all working together to make a safer Cleveland. you got to think about all the different messages coming out there that you should be voting no on this. Yeah, I was, uh, I, well, I don't know if I was surprised. I'm not a big Frank Jackson fan at all. Uh, not at all. For a million different reasons, I thought he was a terrible mayor for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I think a lot of the growth in the city in terms of the economy and in terms of uh, some of the development happened in spite of him, not because of him. And I think because of him, a lot of the crime and a lot of the uh, you know hams, uh, handcuffs put on police officers you know, is a direct result of this. But having said all of that, He's right. The outgoing mayor said issue 24 is a disaster. It's a devastating thing, and it's going to be very, very bad, not just for cops, but for the the people of Cleveland. Uh, so, you know, if Frank Jackson can figure it out for crying out loud, you would think that, you know, that might carry a little bit of weight with the voters who put him in office four consecutive times. Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, like I said, we're not on the same page, and, you know, obviously there's been things I've had to call people on and stuff like that, but right now, like I said, everybody's working together to say, you vote this in, and the city of Cleveland's going to be in trouble. I think, and just to go back in our step, I think we have applications out there right now, and the last group of applications, we only had about 400 people. I don't think we have much more right now. And I, I you know, if I'm somebody wanted to come into this city, I think I'm waiting to see what happens this election. I mean, yeah. it's all hell could break loose, and, you know, who you're not going to want to come in here. I mean, and get scrutinized right off the bat and risk being sued, arrested, or terminated within after a good arrest. We're talking to the uh, president of the CPPA, Jeff Fulmer. How would you describe the morale among your uh, members right now? You know, the morale is, uh, it, it's been low. Um, officers are really worried about this charter amendment. Um, our base of patrol is the front line. They are working probably 50, 60 hours a week because we're so short right now. Um, you hate to see about it go. You would hate to see it go double that. Um, you know, our major units, homicide, homicide unit, and other units like that, they're short, so they're all getting overworked. So morale's low. Plus, they're working extra hours and trying to keep up with the safety for the citizens of Cleveland. So I said, if we go much lower, I, you know, it, it's going to be scary over the next four years. Jeff, uh, last thing for you. Um, 
if this comes to pass, and I pray that it doesn't, uh, and uh, you know, it's amazing to me, as you said, Justin Bibb is actually campaigning in support of 24. Kevin Kelly is opposed to it, which, not that the mayor gets to make the decision anyway. This is up to the voters. But if it comes to pass, and 24 is is greenlit by the voters, um, what advice would you have for residents when they make that phone call, when they hear somebody breaking into their house, when they have been accosted, when they have been jacked in their cars, and they call 911, and they get a, a dispatcher saying, okay, we'll have somebody out there in 16 to 20 minutes instead of one to two minutes or three to four minutes, because we are now 400 officers light in terms of what our manpower is supposed to be. What, do you, what message do you have for citizens when that's their experience? Because that will be their experience. You have the right to arm yourself. You have the right to defend yourself inside your house. And if this passes, then you should do this right now. Um, like I said, it's not me threatening, not me like, oh, this could happen. We will be down 400 officers, and you will not get applicants coming into the city of Cleveland. It's guaranteed. I Right now, these guys are all ready to go. And like I said, these young guys, which is surprising, they're going to the other departments. And I tell you what, the chief, the chiefs in the surrounding suburbs love our guys because they're well-trained. Um, no, if you're, if you're no, you know, you can't look the next morning and say, well, I didn't think that passed. That's why I didn't vote. you got to get out and vote. And you got to get your friends to vote. Everybody has to vote. This doesn't affect the east side, west side, going up into the Slavic Village area or the business area. It affects everybody. And if you don't think there'll be a lack of service uh, because we're that short, you're, you're guessing wrong. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I, w- I certainly couldn't do it. I mean, I, in today's environment, with the anti-police attitude and more and more officers being second-guessed every time they do something to defend themselves, their partners, or the public, I don't know if uh, there's a huge a huge uh, uh, waiting list for people to want to become a cop anyway, but add what Cleveland is about to do, and you're right, Jeff, there's no doubt about it. They're going to flee, and they're going to get out, and they're going to transfer to the, uh, the departments, or they're going to take early retirement or something, rather than be put in the crosshairs of a, of a of an activist review board like this. So I agree with you. Get people out there, vote no on 24, regardless of who you vote for for mayor. uh, Make sure you vote no on 24. If you want to see even a shell of the Cleveland Police Office, uh, Police Department rather, left behind to protect the people there, you've got to vote no on 24 or it's going to be catastrophic. The CPPA president is Jeff Fulmer. Jeff, thanks for coming on and uh, shout it out, man. Keep shouting it out. Have your members shout it out. I'll keep doing it from this end because we got to make sure that we have uh, 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 police safety in Cleveland. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you for your support and make sure you get out and vote and vote no. Thank you, everybody. You got it. Thank you, Jeff. That's Jeff Fulmer, CPPA president. It's 1021. You want to react to that? Let's take your phone calls at 216-901-0945, on the authority. Okay, 1025. Continuing on AM 1420, the answer. I want to take some phone calls here. I want to talk, get back to the VAX mandates, if you wish. And that's where Julie wants to go right now in Lakewood. Hey, Julie, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Go ahead. Um, hi. Good morning, Bob. Yes, I actually have a quick comment on both subjects. But number okay. one, with the state legislature, I called um, Representative Lips yesterday and Mr. Cup, and apparently they are backing Mr. DeWine, and they keep pulling the bill off the floor to be voted on to get rid of vaccine mandates. So I called both their offices and said, since they like getting their second paycheck from the CCP, that I would like them to vacate their seats 
And so we can fill them with people that care about us and they can move to China. So I don't know what we can do. I'm, I'm older. I'm able to, to do things, but we need to start like peacefully going in front of these people's homes at night and just peacefully protesting and, and, and expose them for what they are. And number two, with the police um, aspect, I live in Lakewood. I want everyone in Lakewood to hear this. My house was just, just went up by between fifty and $60,000 in value. Read your letter. They're threatening you if you choose to try to, to, to challenge that. But Lakewood has lost 19 cops in one year. And there are nights where you will hear, um, I, like we had this a couple months ago, someone called and said someone was, some man was breaking her door down and trying to get in. And the dispatcher says, I have 20 calls in the queue. What do you want me to do? And the cop's like, I got everybody up here at the park. I can't do anything. And the, and the cop said, call Rocky River. So they called Rocky River to come to Lakewood for a woman that says the man is at my door breaking in. Now, as it ended up, Lakewood, Lakewood went over there. But so, you know what? You pay high taxes in Lakewood. And, of course, who do you think runs Lakewood? A bunch of, I'm sorry, idiot liberals. Our mayor is so dumb, she had to hire three people under her to be able to make her decisions for. So people in Lakewood think it's they're different from Cleveland? No. And I, I come from law enforcement. These people, you know, I, I want every liberal in Lakewood to put a sign up that says, Defund the police, so if I call you, don't come to my house. <laughs> so that's, just, that's all I have to say, but thank you for listening. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, Julie, and I agree a 1,000% on the, the second topic, which is the policing. Uh, I agree on the first topic about the, uh, you know, killing the, the vaccine ma- uh, mandate bill, or actually the bill that would, uh, that would, that would eliminate uh, vaccine mandates. Uh, but I disagree with the part about going in front of their houses. That is a tactic that is a tactic of the left. It is not something we should engage in. We don't block traffic when we protest, uh, and we don't go outside people's homes at night. Why? Most people don't live in an isolated area without neighbors. Most of these people have neighbors, and it's wrong to subject other people uh, to, you know, and also the family members, quite frankly, to harassment from, um, you know, from protesters in their home. Children don't deserve that. You know, spouses don't deserve that because of the terrible decisions made uh, by the individuals in office. Now, having said that, <laughs> you're exactly right, particularly about Speaker Cup. Uh, this is embarrassing. It is shameful that he continues to uh, defy the will of the people, particularly the will of the people that gave him and his party, the Republican Party, the overwhelming supermajorities they have in both chambers of the Ohio General Assembly. The fact that he refuses to do what they ask, which is what he's supposed to do as their representative, is shameful. I completely concur. Do I want him to hear it? Yeah. I just want him to hear it on the job, and I don't want his family and neighbors to have to hear it at home. So let's kind of keep that, uh, you know, in proper perspective. All right, 1030 time for news. We've got plenty of uh, time for phone calls. The last half hour is guest free. If you want to get in, get in right now on AM 1420, The Answer. the 
The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. Now 1037. Who's with me? Two days until the antibodies party that I am throwing at Avenue Tap House in Lakewood Thursday night. Doors open at 630. Browns are going to be on the big screen if you're still watching the uh, Woke NFL. We will have a huge room to ourselves. We'll have drink specials. We'll have uh, sideboards and 50-50s. We're going to raise some money for charity. It's going to be a phenomenal event. If you are an antibodies-laden individual, you are, of course, welcome. Even if you think you might have antibodies to combat COVID-19 and thus do not need the Big Pharma profit shot, you are welcome. And even if you're just a supporter of antibodies and natural immunity you can come and celebrate with us as well we will not require any vaccine or excuse me any antibodies passports we won't require any proof of antibodies tests in the last 72 hours you want to know why because we believe in liberty and we believe in letting people make their own minds up and not having to prove things to us like we're dictators how about that join us on thursday night and by the way if you have one of the uh, they don't want science. They want compliance shirts. Wear it to the party. I'm going to have a huge group photo, if I can, of everybody wearing that shirt. Uh, so if you don't have one yet, you can call the radio station, talk to Marcy, give your information, and we'll get you set up with one of those shirts as well. If you haven't seen it yet, I've put it on Facebook. There's pictures all over the place of it and me uh, wearing it. So and a lot of other people wearing it as well, but uh, they don't want science. They want compliance. They don't have science on their side. But yet they say comply anyway. That's the meaning behind the shirt. It's the message that we need to continue to push. They call themselves the party of science, yet they ignore all of that very science. So uh, we're going to fight. We're going to fight hard. And I want you to be there with us. I want you to be wearing the shirt. And call the station at 216-901-0945. And again, Marcy will get you set up. Uh, and then I want you to be there with us on Thursday evening. All right. Uh, now, before we go back to the phones... And specifically, I want to hit a a story about the vaccine mandates and about how I started the show today saying, you know, I once lived in a free country, and I liked it, and I hope to someday again. But the one I'm living in right now is not that free country. And I give you a couple of examples, and I'm going to give you another one right now. I teased it. Now I want to deliver on that. A judge in Manhattan, New York told a dad that he can't see his child anymore unless he gets the vaccine. Rather, unless he gets the big pharma profit shot. I want to be clear. I want to be accurate in my terminology, my vernacular, and the definition. Uh, It is not a vaccine. It's a big pharmaceutical company profit shot. That's it. Big pharma profit shot. A Manhattan judge suspended this Long Island, New uh, New York father's visitation rights with his toddler daughter unless... He gets the big pharma profit shot. And if you want a capper on that little story, and I'll give you the details in a second, but if you want a capper on that, guess what else? He has already had the virus, meaning he's got the antibodies, the kind that would get him invited to my antibodies party. And he's still not allowed to see his daughter unless he takes the profit shot on top of that. Justice Matthew Cooper, according to the New York Post, said that, quote, here, in-person parental access by defendant is not in the child's best interests, 
and there are exceptional circumstances that support its suspension. The father is divorcing the mother, of course, and uh, the custody dispute is over their three-year-old toddler daughter. The judge, Judge Cooper, wrote that the, quote, dangers of voluntarily remaining unvaccinated during access with a child while the COVID-19 virus remains a threat to children's health and safety cannot be understated, end quote. Now, I want to respond to that with the most obvious of circums- or obvious of, 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 of points here in information. Children are still the very least likely to be affected by either infection from COVID or symptoms from COVID or certainly harm done by COVID. As a matter of fact, the CDC, CDC still says that children are only impacted and affected by, by COVID-19 at statistical levels that are considered insignificant. In other words, they're so far below 1%, they're not statistically relevant. And yet this father can't see his daughter unless he gets the profit shot? The uh, man's name was withheld from the story in the New York Post, but the lawyer is Lloyd Rosen. And he told the Post last week that the father had already been infected with uh, COVID-19, the Chinese Communist Party virus and argued the man has natural immunity and therefore does not need the profit shot. Several studies, including a landmark research paper from Israeli researchers in late August, found that natural immunity provides robust and long-term protection against the virus in a far superior way than to the two-dose Pfizer vaccine. But apparently that doesn't count. My client is not a conspiracy theorist, the attorney said. He has concerns about the vaccine. He's heard about side effects, and he once had a bad reaction to a flu vaccine. But more importantly, as the attorney pointed out, this judge must feel that 80 million Americans who are not taking the profit shot are placing their children at imminent risk of harm just by being near them. And therefore, the courts should intervene and remove those children from their parents' home. Obviously, this would be an absurd position to take. But he's right, isn't he? If a judge would deny a divorcing father or mother access to their child because they are not, you know, profit shot, if they haven't been shot with the profit shot yet, not jabbed, if you will, if they're going to deny visitation to a parent who is divorcing and thus not living in the home, how can they allow the children to live in the homes? of unvaccinated parents. Holy goodness! Think about the damage that can be done to children there. Or maybe, just maybe, that's insane thinking. And indeed it is. In September, the mother's lawyer, Evan Shine, had raised concerns about the father's vaccination status. Cooper then claimed that inoculation is now a requirement to participate meaningfully in everyday society and pointed to the controversial vaccine mandates for various professions. So now to be a dad or a mom, according to at least one court, and thus a precedent is set for other courts, in order to participate as a parent in your child's life, you have to submit to the Big Pharma profit shot. I'll ask you again, does this sound like a free country to you? There is no nation that can call itself free in which the people can brag about their liberty. Land of liberty and justice for all. 
There's no way we can say that anymore when the people are forced to get fired from their jobs, giving up their livelihoods, or take an experimental drug cocktail, the Big Pharma profit shot, in the hopes that there won't be any long-term effects on their bodies. And that's all we have to go on right now is hope. Because there are no long-term studies that have been done on this, because there is no long-term that has passed since this vaccine became available, since this profit shot became available. There is just no getting around that. Let's go to uh, where? Tom, that's where, in Independence. Tom, you're on AM 1420. The answer, go right ahead. Hey, Bob, I'll make it quick. This is just a tad off topic. However, it's something I heard on Larry Elder last night. It's really important. The first hour, he talked about the trucking problem that we have in this country. Right. And one of the bigger reasons that we're not getting the goods across the country, and this is produce and all kinds of goods and necessities, is because the standards for these uh, big semi-trucks are so high, the EPA standards, that you can't drive an older rig through that state. You have to have this higher tech, brand new equipment to be able to uh, drive through that state. And this is yeah, information. You're, ta- you're talking about California. You're talking about California. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. But it's affecting the entire country. Of course, because so many of the uh, the ships, you know, from China uh, that come across the Pacific uh, go to California. Uh, and, and that's where the ports are. And that's where the containers are unloaded and loaded into trucks that then distribute to the rest of the country. Now, they come to ports in New York and Florida and Texas as well. But you're right. California is enormous, uh, particularly because of the uh, Asian markets that we, you know, that we uh, have so much trade with and so much that we import from. And you're right. And then they can't, uh, those trucks aren't allowed there because of the, uh, because of the green energy apologies, uh, apologies, policies rather of uh, Gavin Newsom and the Democrats. Well, I just thought it was important that uh, you know people should know about this because it's not just a shortage on, on drivers; it's a shortage on brand new equipment that uh, right. most truckers can't afford to buy. No, you're 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 exactly right. Thank you for the call. I appreciate that. I was talking to somebody in Texas this morning about this and about the extraordinary delay uh, because of the trucker situation or the truck situation in California that he just described. Um. Many of those ships are going to have to go back out to sea and and make their way through the Panama Canal and make their way down to you know Texas to Texas ports uh, down in the Gulf and, uh, and and try to get unloaded there. And we're talking about literally weeks to months of extra time that's going to be added to this, which is why the uh, supply chain cycle, the supply chain crisis that we're all dealing with right now is going to not only impact Christmas, it's going to go into 2022 and possibly beyond that. Because when are the policies going to change in some of these blue states uh, that are denying opportunities for these ships to be unloaded because trucks cannot be accessed or cannot access uh, those ports? It's it's remarkable, and it's dangerous. All right, another Tom. This one a little further than Independence. This one's in Florida. Tom, good to have you back on our program. How are you, sir? Real good, thanks, Bob. What's on your mind? I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Do you hear me? Yes, I do. Go ahead, Tom. What's on your mind, sir? Okay. Basically, you know, you were talking earlier about Obama and what's going on with the country, and I just got a thought. You know, they this some some of this happened during the, the you know the, the depression. When everybody was dependent on the government, I mean, even I had an uncle that told me that they, a bunch of people were sent out to like 
the national parks, and they, just to pay the government, just to pay them to do something, they kind of like rabbits. How many rabbits per square feet or square mile? But I mean, they're doing this on purpose. They want us to depend on them and, and hold this whole thing over us. And I think people don't realize um, Hitler. Only a third of the Germans really liked them, realistically. And he was able to run the whole country and put it right down, you know, on the drain. He just promised them everything. He promised everybody a car, and people gave him money for a car for the Beetle, for the, uh, the Beetle little boy. But yeah. he ended up using it, the Volkswagen for for war stuff, you know. And it's just, I just, you know, I'm just getting worried about what's going on out here. I mean, I'm retired, um, you know, and I'm 72 years old, and I'm, and it just, I'm not worried about me anymore. I'm worried about my children and grandchildren and well, you know, this country. I I really pray for it every day. Well, you know what? That's a good thing to do, by the way. I uh, I spoke uh, earlier this this show uh, with Jim DeMint, former senator from South Carolina, and he's got a new book out called Satan's Dare, and he talked about um, you know what has gotten us to this point in large part, not, not solely and exclusively, and it's not just, hey, everybody go to church and everything will be okay. But we have removed the founding principles of this country, which are Judeo-Christian principles from our culture, from our daily lives. Um, and essentially, those those br- uh, building blocks, if you will, to our foundation being gone have left us vulnerable to all kinds of, you know, and he talks about Satan, obviously, and satanic things and, and evils pervading in our country. And it's true. And if we do return and pray, uh, and return to, uh, you know, those, those very important fundamental principles of goodness, uh, and of faith, um, that's, that's going to go a big way toward restoring us to the liberties that I'm talking about that we've lost. I don't think it's too late, but I do think, my friend, thank you for the call, Tom, but I do think, uh, that it's getting, getting close. It's getting close to the point where we need to unite together. We need to unify ourselves and return ourselves to those those principles, those principles of goodness rather than division, principles of unity rather than those of division, principles of good rather than evil, of, of belief in faith rather than hate, lies in order to advance politics or advance other uh, other personal goals. I don't think it's overstating it at all that we really, really, truly do have to return ourselves to being a a nation of faith. Uh, I'm not a Bible thumper. I'm a believer in the Bible. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm a proud Christian and Catholic. But I'm not a Bible thumper. But I recognize we need more of the biblical principles in our lives the way we once did. If you want this country to be restored to its greatness, restore it to its place of faith. We'll be right back. WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Okay, 1056. Uh, let's get another call or two in here before the top of the hour. We'll go to Cleveland now and Lindsay, you're on AM 1420. The answer. What's up? Yeah, my friends love your program. Listen to you all the time. And, uh, it's just going on impossible. Um, George Soros just paid a million dollars not to hire any policemen in Austin, Texas. 
all those people, all those oligarchs with the big money, they they ruining the country and doing unbelievable things. And we have a lot of people who wealthy people who can help to do that. If George Soros has a million dollars not to hire the policemen, could we do something to stop the thing? We know what's going on, but who is going to stop it? How long are we going to? It's all we're talking about. Thing. It's very important for people to understand, but they're doing everything behind our back. And while we're talking, they're acting, and nobody can stop them. Who is going to stop them? At what point this country has to fall apart that they can tell somebody has to start and stop them? George Soros, he lives in Katona, New York. Are there any situations he could be arrested? Well, I doubt that very seriously about him being arrested. Uh, but you're right, we do have to stop him. And you're right about what you just said. I was talking about this yesterday uh, in Texas, in fact, about his purchase. He has spent two $500,000 or made two $500,000 expenditures to try to stop the hiring of new police officers in Austin. He wants to truly defund the police, and he's doing that by funding those uh, organizations which are uh, which are opposed So uh, to the police. So uh, there's, there's nothing he's doing that's illegal. The only thing we can do, of course, and thank you for the call, Lindsay, is appeal to the the good citizenry in that city to fight back and to tell any elected officials that are being influenced by George Soros and his money, you are going to be gone if you do not do what is necessary to provide for the safety of the people. Remember, elected officials' job number one is to protect and provide for the safety of the people, the safety of the people. Which is why, by the way, what they are using with respect to uh, the vaccine mandates, you know, it's, it's antithetical to that. Their argument is, hey, the vaccine, the profit shot is for the safety of the people. But mandating it, knowing that there are people who are not going to do it, including healthcare professionals and police officers, is not providing for the safety of the people. And in fact, it's doing the opposite. It is harming the people. It's putting them in harm's way. It's putting them in dangerous, precarious situations. So uh, the, what you do is not, not try to arrest George Soros. That's not going to work. You have to reach those that he is buying influence with and tell them that they are the ones who are going to pay the price at the end of the day. All right, that's it. That's all the time that we've got. I've got 20 seconds to remind you about Thursday's antibodies party in Lakewood. Make sure you come. It's at the Avenue Tap House. I'll be there at 630. I've got shirts that I'll have available to you. If you already have one, make sure you wear it. There, There is no science. It's only compliance. That's what the shirts are about. They don't want science. It's only compliance. Be there at the antibodies party on Thursday. Thanks so much for being here today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy Bye-bye. Thursday. Thanks so much for being here today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.